0: missing car alert have you seen my car a black od with license plate l333393 missing from limerick the owner john murphy that's me i'm john murphy right and i'm seeking the public's help in locating my car robbed outside my door last saturday early sunday i know i drove it home from the pub and parked outside my door and it's gone if you have any information regarding the whereabouts of my car, contact me, John Murphy, immediately via Bangor Road Garda Station. They know me in there. Don't talk to anyone but Con Scott, Sergeant Scott. He's on the case. Any details, no matter how small, could be crucial in the search for my car, robbed outside my door. Okay, Black Audi. L three 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 nine three three. Go on, that'll do, Margaret. Hit
1: stop on that there for me. That's gonna sound really testy, though. Where it's like I'm telling you not to do it because you're not gonna put any effort into it. That's why I'm glad we recorded it. <laughs> or make me look bad. Just know that I will <laughs> yeah. take the nuclear option, and on the next episode, it'll be like I'll be I editing. Know. You to sound like you've said entirely different things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See, no, this is our preamble. This is our preamble. We got it. Hey. (laughs) No, it's not. That's war. That's a declaration of war.
0: (laughs) Oh, listen. Let's just talk about cars. Best bitch. I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you wart faced buffoon. What you just said is one of the most
2: insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.
1: You are stupid, you have no
0: taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. Don't call me stupid. Hello. And welcome to The Best Bits, a movie podcast where we pick our favorite scenes from randomly selected, weirdly specific themes. This is your co host, Will, a writer of three films plus a Christmas special. And I am joined once again by my co host and writer of one in a bit films and three in a bit episodes of television, Kevin. Hello, Kevin.
1: Sorry, Will, there's a bit of a delay there.
0: Grace.
1: No, it's not. Hello, Will. I'm here. Um, I'm in a funny mood Uh, we're doing car scenes but not chase scenes not car chase scenes because we did that as episode 3 way back in the doldrums of season 1 when we had shit audio and we didn't know what we were doing
0: versus now where we have great audio great sound effects still don't know what we're doing Kevin, we are talking I got best car scene, right? You did. And I didn't know what way to cut it except for well, talking about
1: let's tell them what we were you were originally thinking, because we we slightly changed course. Uh-huh, uh, at the last second. I was gonna focus on motorsports, And then you realized that I would not be able to have anything to say back to you because I have a clue about motorsport.
0: Yes. Uh, so all my research for that kind of went out the window But then
1: um, I went to Fright Fest Yes And I watched my mate's movie And while I was watching the film Bored out of my mind I started thinking about <laughs> the episode No uh, You were texting about me a
0: lot You were texting me a lot during that film as well <laughs> I started well. Was thinking about the so episode rude. And
1: I thought Holy shit This entire movie is a car film Why don't we just keep it on that Track and do just about cars, movie cars, yeah. And I just
0: went, "Hey, is uh, would Jonas be interested in coming on the podcast?" And you said, and I asked him, and he said no. And I asked him again, and he said maybe. And then this you was asked in him, the mid. This was in the middle of the screening, by the way. <laughs> He's leaning across to, to Jonas. Sorry,
1: we've already dropped his name. We have a writer and director of
2: two films, plus is it four episodes of TV? No, it's about twenty thirty by now. <laughs> but that's okay. It's yeah. Flemish TV, so it doesn't count. Jonas Govert. How are you, Jonas?
0: I'm good, Kevin. Hi, hi, Will. Nice to meet you. This is my first time meeting you, Jonas. It is. And I'm so excited because I got to watch your latest film, Hazard. Yes. Am I pronouncing that
1: correctly? No. It's H4Z4RD. <laughs> I know. Hey, Cunijntje. It's half negen. Vijf is schatje, vijf voor. Papa! Ik heb een jobke. Een jobke. Wie are? Carlos.
0: Carlos is so een vrij of Ja. Yep. Carlito! Ik wil een limousine Kom Gewoon een toerke doen. Gewoon een toch doen. Eerste dansen!
1: Lijven,
2: what the fuck is that guy? And get and the clutter of the flask to bring to the
1: restaurant.
2: No, I uh I chose a name that would work uh, over here uh in the in the, the French uh way of saying it. Like hazard is what we say. Um Yeah. But then hazard is also has multiple meanings uh, in English. So I thought it would work, but it doesn't. It, it's backfired because now everyone is asking me how to pronounce it. So. Oh, really? H four R's. Yeah. Oh, great.
0: Oh, brilliant. Come here. It is a fantastic, fantastic film. Uh, it is a, 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 an adrenaline rush of a film which f- predominantly features a car. I thought it was so exciting. Incredibly well made. A gripping story.
2: Hazard is an action comedy about a car obsessive named Noah, whose cousin offers him a simple job as a driver, but it soon turns into an unlikely and nerve-wracking race through Antwerp, which will either cost him his life, his family, or his beloved car.
0: Uh excellent performances and obviously those performances wouldn't be excellent if they didn't have an excellent director directing them. So, uh amazing job.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, it really is a great film. Like I I knew you were doing it. Um I knew roughly what it was like but when I heard the budget and I heard it's going to be like um, a joyride film that is in Belgium for can you say the budget are you allowed to say what the budget is
2: yeah I think um, uh, it's it's not far off my last film's budget was around 3 million I'd say Bel- yeah uh, euros euros
1: yeah. yeah and I thought well that's going to be quite tight but fuck me do you get your money's worth on screen the film feels huge and there's one aspect to the movie which I didn't Week until you did the Q&A after the film, which was that the whole movie is from the perspective of being inside the car, being mm-hmm. a passenger for the, along for the ride in the movie because the film feels so expansive and huge and it never feels constrained or stifling. And I knew I hadn't really seen the outside of the car until the very, very end, apart from that opening sort of sequence where the car drives past some plate shop windows and um, I saw the reflection. I thought this is really clever. Jonas is not relying on the typical cliché wheel spinning and the glamour shots of a car. But when you said that at the end that the whole film was from within
2: the perspective of being a passenger, I thought, "Wow, shit, you really pulled it off." Yeah, it makes you it makes you um, just think about what you can do with a camera. Because usually, as a director, one of the problems is where where do I put the camera? And if mm. you limit yourself to a very if you give yourself very strict rules, then all of a sudden yeah, your options are limited and they're very different from what you would do normally. So if anything, I knew it would look like nothing else because I, I kept very uh, strictly to those set of rules, basically.
1: I remember seeing um, a behind the scenes interview with John Carpenter and he was saying that he hated car scenes because you're really limited by what you can do. You, you've either got the camera you know, shooting across the actors or you've got it locked off on the hood of the car shooting in through the windscreen. And he just didn't like them. He said they were a bane of his directing career. But you really, you get some dynamic and awesome shots in this film. It never feels like you're compromised by your budget or by the limitations of shooting in a car. So
2: who was your DP? It's a guy called Dries Delpitte. Um I'd shot with him before a very obscure television series called Monster over 10 years ago. And he also shot some episodes of Tabula Raza, that uh, TV show that you can see on Netflix as well. That's uh, so, the the
1: one that yeah. I saw, the episodes that I saw. Yeah. yeah.
0: What I loved was in in the kind of the, the the normal, you know, dialogue scenes set in the car, the volume of the space in the car didn't feel confined or cramped. It was very spacious. You, you didn't feel like you were, It was claustrophobic in any way. Uh, you know. You know, especially in the more relaxed earlier scenes, where you're you're getting used to the world of these with these characters. Um, and I loved that. I was like, oh, this must have been a really wide angle lens that they used to capture this. It was looked amazing. It really did.
2: Yeah, I think we'll get to it when we we, when we go to our movies. But uh, a big inspiration for that was um, the the opening car scene in Pulp Fiction which also feels like that. And basically, if yeah. you think about that scene, the two shot of them from the side, so the profiles, they're next to John Travolta's head, but he's still, you yeah. he can still, it's not too close to him that it's that it's it's claustrophobic. So you have to think like they probably have, have a huge camera hanging off that car from the side. Mm. So, and, and I know Tarantino talks about getting inspiration from Up in Smoke, that Cheech and Chong movie that has I a lot of car scenes. That. Oh, it's, it's, it's great. They're just smoking weed and driving around. But <laughs> just the 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 um the choice of shots is is um yeah exactly that like you you want you want to be relaxed this is his vehicle so you want to hang out with these people what kind of shots do you use for that and they're mm-hmm. different from a, a chase scene or like a more uh, a horror like scene you have to you still have options in a car even though they're limited
1: when you think about Tarantino he gets a lot of stick for having feet in his films yeah but yeah. as you're just talking about it I'm thinking yeah. Didn't He loves his cars as well because he's got he great car scenes in all of his movies. Mm-hmm. And didn't he lock down like miles of LA for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just to shoot Brad Pitt just driving around LA? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and that's a scene where he gets a lot of flack also for, for, you know, that film being incredibly long. But that scene is one of the first things that would go out because it's just Brad Pitt driving around. But it's such a mood piece; Like, you want to be in that car with him. Or even earlier or later in the film when he has the girl on his lap. Mm. Like, that's that's a car scene to me. Like, you want to be in that vehicle with these people.
1: Yeah, it's proper time travel stuff because you feel like you're back in that period and what it must have been like to just ride around L.A. in the 60s.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, what I was thinking we would do to get into it was, we all have different. I'm sure we have different approaches to how we uh, selected our favorite car scenes. Um, I think we'll just pass the bat on. Maybe we do it that way. We kind of like just have a conversation about, like, you know, what are our favorite car scenes and why they're um, from. Can I oh, limit,
1: I can. can I, can I rule out a couple of movies because we've brought right. them up so many times, but I do think that the car scenes are great. And Jonas has heard me talk. Superman, about, the movie. Well, yeah. All right. Well, I can okay. include that. When Lois Lane is getting crushed in okay. the, um in the it's earthquake. Excluded. Right? Okay. Excluded. Right. Yes. Yeah. Scream 2, when they're escaping from the back seat and they have to cross over the unconscious killer in the front seat. It's okay. really tense. It's using... A car as sort of like um like a, a it's its own um dangerous space to be stuck in i thought it was great
0: <coughs> <coughs>
1: oh, no. And also, Jurassic Park, when the T Rex is making shit of the Jeep and the kids are inside it. (laughs) So, we've talked about those films. So many times, loads. but I feel like for anyone that's listening to this episode for the first time, if they don't come up, they're going to go like, hang on a second, what about those? So just
0: obligation. But I want to hand it over to uh, Jonas, first of all. And Jonas, there's no, no I suppose, I, I just want to build up and to your favorite car scene. So um, I'm assuming that you have a long list of, of scenes set in, set in or around cars and featuring cars. Um, you want to kick us off. Could
1: you give us one one car scene that you really, really love? So just to and be one. clear,
2: we're, we're not doing chases of any kind?
1: You can do it, but we've done a do whole episode on car chases. So for me, I'm picking um, scenes that take place in or around cars, but not car chases per se. There's a, there's a couple, like Minority Report feels like it should get a mention. But um, I'm not going that way. And I don't know what way you're going, Will. And my approach
0: is I'm, I'm uh, approaching it from the car first. What are my favorite cars? What's my favorite scene that features those particular cars? So that's You mean like my car as a character
1: or a car that you'd like to drive?
0: Oh, a car is a, a car is a character. A car is an extension of the main character of the of the film. Oh okay. yeah, so that's my approach. And and so you know, you can take it any way you want it. There's no you you know, whatever whatever you want to cut it, you go your
2: way. What's the first one that popped
1: into your head when you thought of doing this topic?
2: Uh well, to be honest, I think um writing this movie or rewriting it because it's Trent Haga script uh, that we basically with his um, he he allowed us to make it very anthrop and, and make it our movie mm-hmm. and, and I also like you know learned from the masters when Tarantino said I looked at Up in Smoke uh, for, for Pulp Fiction I was like I'm going to look at Up in Smoke and see what they did and and that was just a matter of um, car scenes like you said John Carpenter said they're technically tricky and there's a lot of hassle just getting them mounted on on, on the vehicle that you're filming in you can get lost uh, in the technicality. So what I looked at, looking at Up in Smoke, which I'm a big fan of, is even though there's probably technically a lot going on, these guys are completely relaxed. Uh, they're having jokes, they're having one-liners, and that's that's something I, I tried not to forget while shooting my movie. Like it's still about close-ups of faces. They could be around a table as well. They just happen to be in a car with a lot of traffic control. But we, I have to keep looking at the monitor at those spontaneous moments. There needs there needs to be comedy. So for the first part of my movie, there's a little part where um, he picks up his nephew, the, the main character, and, and it turns into that kind of stoner comedy for a <laughs> bit. And, not, and wait, up in smoke. Yeah, he yeah. raps. He gives a. his... He raps, um... yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, and it's not about the car doing special things. It's just about cruising, basically. And that's, that's I do love that aspect of a car movie when they're just cruising. Tarantino does it very well. You've but told me about... you love
1: cruising many times. So,
2: time. <laughs> yeah. I'm to get it on mic. Uh, there we go. So, uh, that's an that's an example of just like you wish that stretch of road goes on and on and these guys keep keep talking, smoking weed. Um, that's that's that would be my first example of a very cool car scene where nothing much happens except comedy. You know what I do, got though man. I got to join, man. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. Hey, come on. Light it up. Let's get Chinese eyes, man. What kind of joint is this, man? Oh, it's a heavy-duty joint, man. It looks like a toothpick, man. No, it's not a toothpick, man. No, hey, it is a toothpick, man. Oh, man, it's just... It's a toothpick. I must have got it in the other pocket, man. Hold on, man. I got the little shit right here, man. Oh, that's my dick. Yeah, there we go. Hey, there you go, man. Let that sucker up, man. We'll go to the moon. Jeez, I hope your dick's bigger than this, man.
1: Hey, man. You want to get out and walk, man?
0: And you, as when you mentioned cruising films, uh, it wasn't on my list, but it was close to my list. Of course, George Lucas's uh, American Graffiti.
1: American Graffiti.
0: Where were you in '62? special one and jump into your candy-colored custom or your screaming machine cruise downtown and catch american graffiti american graffiti baby what's that it's a movie can you dig it can you go dig it? back in time where were you in 62 is that you in that beautiful car jeez what a waste of machinery one two Which three all about cruising rock. in that particular era where it was there was a very specific time in californian culture when he grew up as a teenager where your social life was in a car it was like there wasn't it wasn't they weren't going out to discos or you know because they weren't allowed to go to whatever go to bars or whatever they were just going in their cars and driving up and down the the streets of their town and uh, looking at each other out the windows of their cars and uh yeah there's something very I don't know there there's it's like a little room on wheels and it's about little space and
1: it's a, it's a very it's a hangout you can have very intimate conversations in a car because somebody is not looking directly at you yes and you can sort of pour your heart out or confide and uh things can get hashed out on long car rides yeah when he was doing american graffiti he was saying that that whole culture is gone and i think it's because malls came in and that became the mm-hmm. new place for kids to hang out and meet each other. But yeah, yeah. capitalism strikes again. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Kevin? Have you got a pick? Have you got something you could throw at me? Well, when I started to think about this topic, uh, the first scene that jumped out at me as something that should be mentioned is The Counselor.
2: Yes. Oh, Jesus. Counselor. My back's against the wall, man. Money problems are serious problems. i will to set it up. <laughs>
0: 625 kilos. We're probably looking at 20 million.
2: I know why I'm in it.
1: Do you? It's a nice ring. Want to know how much it's worth?
0: Kevin, describe (laughs) in detail what happens in that scene in The Counselor (laughs) so we can put the clip in.
1: Cameron Diaz flirts with Javier Bardem in the front seat by throwing herself uh, legs akimbo onto the windscreen of the car and gyrating up and down with no knickers on. And it is, it's a very good film, I think. It's been heavily maligned, but that is such an audacious scene, such a fun scene, that it was the first one that popped into my mind. And it's like the the psycho uh, shower scene, where you think you see more than you actually do. So my memory of that scene, I have whole other images that are not in the movie, but um, that's the power of great filmmaking, I suppose.
2: What is it you'd like to forget? All right. I like to forget about Malkina fucking my car. What? See? What did you just say? You said I like to forget about Malkina fucking my car. I think. What the hell are you talking about? You remember that yellow California hat? Sure. Nice car. Very nice car. Huh? Anyway, this was a while back, not that long been. Getting it on for a while And we came by one night We were staying up at Cloudcraft We drove out on a golf course And parked And we're sitting there talking And for no particular reason That I could see She she slides off her knickers And hands them to me And gets out of the car I asked her what she was doing And she says I'm going to fuck your car Alright the door open
0: I don't want to spoil things but there's there's an intimate re- scene in, I don't know I'm not going to maybe I should cut this but there's a wonderfully hilarious uh, excruciating scene of intimacy with uh, a person and a car in your movie and it was awkward and funny and brilliant and,
1: <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, and gross as well um so were you
1: inspired uh, yeah. by that scene in the counselor
2: Well it's funny like we we don't see it anymore because cars are all around but every car commercial is basically softcore and and i i was thinking about <laughs> the the trailer for Christine i don't know if you remember there was a teaser trailer where they sh- they're showing bits of the car and there's a sensual voiceover but for the first couple of seconds you think they're they're uh, filming a woman's body and it oh, just it wow. just shows you how those shapes are meant to arouse you and, the and curves and, and
1: the swerves
2: exactly and, uh, and we just took that to its, its natural conclusion she is seductive she is passionate
1: she is possessive she is pure evil
0: she is christine
2: so I think yeah, that was definitely an inspiration, and also I think the Pixar one Pixar did in- that as well with um, Cars, <laughs> cars. <laughs> that
1: first <laughs> teaser trailer.
0: Yeah, but yeah. it is it is a thing. Isn't it isn't. It is a thing where, like you know, you have folks who really truly do fall in love with cars or have or are aroused by cars, and
1: I suppose maybe well, that's yeah, your lead some- character, isn't it? He is. Um, he's a gearhead. He loves his car.
2: Well, the the first scene is meant to be very sensual, where he basically washes his car in like slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> but the character that comes in later, he takes it one step further. That's the idea. And um, the actor that performed that scene, he was like, "How am I supposed to do this?" And I did find some uh, clips on uh, the internet that showed people actually doing what he um, is is doing in our fiction, basically. And wow. he uh, he asked me to never send those things again because they're quite. <laughs> <laughs> quite rough, yeah,
1: did you like the scene in titan is it titan or tatan
2: yeah how do titan you say yeah tatan. I, I i adore that entire movie uh mm-hmm. I, I saw it multiple times in the cinema it uh it's it it, it it yeah, it's a very warm movie to me, and uh, it feels like a hot bath to me, I don't know what that says about me, I love that movie,
1: yeah, this feels like a reaction to that film, your scene. <laughs> yeah. Feels like a reaction
2: to that. Sure, sure. <laughs> what about um, you, Will?
1: Did you
0: have any sort of scenes that came to uh, you? As I mentioned earlier, the way I approached this topic was I approached it from the car first. Like, what are the iconic? What are the iconic uh, cars that I absolutely adore, and what are the scenes that I love uh, that featured in them? And for me, the first car that I remember absolutely loving uh, that was in the film was in Tim Burton's Batman. Mm-hmm. I loved. What that car was it? A Batmobile. The, 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 the it was the Batmobile, Kevin. Oh, All right. No, it was Commissioner Gordon's car. I fucking love Commissioner Gordon's car. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Get the car. It was the design that sleek, bold ex- that, that sleek, bold design uh, where it almost looks like a, a bat. If you look at it like front on, it looks like it looks like a bat. And that, you know that's when you look at it from the side. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a tilt right? But I uh, watched some documentaries about them making it, and you know they they carved the shape out of like you know they, they, out of modelling clay first of all, and they actually built a fiberglass model, a life size one, put it onto the chassis, and then when they had it on, they, they realized only then when they had like a full model, they realized there was no door. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's oh because like the roof slides back and he
0: jumps in yeah. from the top. Yeah. And that, that created a question of like, how does Batman get in? And they were like, oh shit. The and They Porter. really had. To. So they, the inspiration was I just, I heard the Talcum <laughs> Porter comic, I should have said. The inspiration it. was Vaseline. was <laughs> well, a Harrier jet door that kind of slides forward. And it's fucking cool. And the, the sound it makes. But if you notice in the film, when Batman gets into it when he's rescuing Vicky Vale, he kind not the, the door's closing and he slightly turns his head to the side. It's because the ears, he, the ears were. They actually had to. The ears were too big, first of all, and they had to make a special uh, bat uh, mask that had shorter ears. And he had to still had to turn to the sides to
2: actually just fit into the into the car. It was so.
1: What's your favorite Batmobile, Jonas?
2: I I um mainly remember that one as well uh, because I was nine when that movie came out. We weren't allowed to see it, but you you saw the trailer and you saw the promos and. Um, That thing looked just uh, incredible. Yeah, so that's the one, uh, for me, that's the one Batmobile that exists. It's funny, the the lead in our movie uh, is, um, this is his first leading part. He's actually a a DJ, Mm -hmm. uh, quite a big one um, around the world. world. He's great, and uh, he is Batman obsessed. Like he has that actual. I saw like a Halloween shoot with his wife, where he has like the costume on, like the Burton one. Yeah, um, he was briefly. I, I hope I'm allowed to say this in that canceled Batgirl movie. He uh, he, because uh, these are Belgian directors, so he knows them. So she had he had a little part in it. It was like his dream dream come true. Wow, and um, and I think he was contemplating buying that Batmobile, like a replica of the one we're talking about, until realizing you, like the, the eighty nine one. Yeah, yeah, he was absolutely He's fucking huge. He, I think he he once bit. Um, I won't won't speak him on the DeLorean for like Back to the Future. He's so obsessed that he. And, but then he really came to his senses and realized I can't drive these in the streets and I can't put them anywhere. So why would I do this? But um, just to show you that there's there's uh, there's freaks out there who who are very much into these things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. One of the things I was thinking about when uh, researching this topic is how the most iconic cars. Are an extension of the, the the character who owns them. Like even in your movie, the your car. What type? What model of car is in? Is, does, does he drive? It's like a Subaru, is it?
2: It's like a it's a, Lexus. It's, it's a Lexus. It's Sorry. a Lexus, but we completely redesigned uh, the interior, so there's not much left. Like even the the steering wheel is actually from like a a video game. That's a steering wheel that you can just get uh, on a oh, console. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How many cars did you have for the film? Four.
1: Were you allowed to keep any?
2: I mean, they're all wrecked, and they were shit, really. Oh. Like they were falling <laughs> apart before they were meant to fall apart in the movie. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they don't look—they don't look very uh, attractive in real life. So I I'm, I'm curious, Jonas. So when you were thinking about when you were thinking
0: about the car mm-hmm. and picking the car for your lead character. What, uh, was it already predetermined in the script or did you, is that something that you thought about post script or was it, you know, when was that decision made?
2: The, all the, the trinkets and the color were, were, uh, decided beforehand. Like I knew, I knew I wanted lots of references to like his gambling addiction and things like that. Like it's all like eight balls and, 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 uh, dice and stuff like that. Little, little references to his family life. Mm. Um, and the color was because just the idea of a gilded cage, basically. Like this guy, this is, this is his, his world, but um, he's also oh, stuck in clever. it. Yeah. That was the mm-hmm. idea. But then when it came to picking a brand, you don't have many car brands that just want to go along with this script, and you do have to approve it, uh, even though you don't really see oh, it wow. from the outside. So our producer was clever enough to... Lexus is not a brand that's, that's considered very cool, but they know this, and that's why they will take chances when it comes to things like this. Like, um, I know we looked into other brands and we're like, what is that guy doing to the car? No, thank you. We're out. And don't ever call us again. Oh. But Lexus was, Lexus was like, yeah, this seems like an out there project. Um, you can have our cars and you can do to them what they want. Because the basic thing about Lexus is they make supposedly indestructible cars. And we really put that to the test in the movies. So that's why it's a Lexus, basically.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And also I love that the interior of this car, like he's as we've already discussed, his relationship and how he treats the car mm-hmm. so well. It's 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 his baby. It's mm-hmm. his other child. And at the very start of the movie, he gets a he gets a crack on the windshield, which is becomes very significant later on but that's you know how you know that that's like for a guy who just loves the perfection of his character, this one little scratch this one little imperfection is uh driving him mental and you, it's a great character trait i just driving love him
1: mental <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> driving him angry <laughs> i love it yeah
1: go yeah. on you know what other sort of uh film scenes with cars inspired you
2: yeah this is a this is a very obscure one um, but the, the last movie that Mario Bava made the great Italian horror director okay, he, I... he made one uh, that didn't get released I think until the 90s called Rabbit Dogs and it was it wasn't a horror picture it was a gangster movie and it was basically three or four uh, gangsters, sweaty, big gangsters in Italy, and they they get into this like comically uh, small car. I don't know what type of, what type of car. And basically, they, they get chased, they run away. There's a there's a there's a heist in it, but it's just these people packed into this impossibly small car, sweating. There's a shot that I always remember. Uh, there's a close-up on one of the the guys who's been going crazy the whole time, and they cut to like the inside of a pinball machine because his mind is going nuts. <laughs> and yeah. I was like. That idea of, of these very volatile characters in a, in a too compact space on the run was definitely an influence for for my movie where you get that similar situation sometimes so that's a, that was a big one for me but I think you can see it on YouTube in Italian it's it's hard to find uh, unfortunately it's a great movie
0: what you got rabbit dogs that a-
2: yeah that's the English title yeah okay it was okay, remade no, by an Italian director about 10 years ago but that that's not much to write home about that, that version I think. What
1: about you, Kevin? Do you have another pick? Um, Let me check my list here. Uh, Titanic. When <laughs> right. Leo and that's a boat. Oh, God. Are shagging well, I... each other in the car. That <laughs> is
2: your second, most, second sex scene. You go you go straight for the sex scene. Romantic. <laughs> no, I, uh,
1: do you know what? I remember <laughs> everyone thinks of Christine as the killer car and you've got Jewel and you've got you've got... Um, even cheapest creepers, I suppose, were the truth. Mm. But did either of you ever see a film from 1977 with James Bond called The Car? Evil has visited the earth in many forms. Now it returns as The Car.
2: There was no driver in the car. You know who bought that car? The real thing. Who? Who? Who who is crazy enough and has the money enough to buy that car? Jay Leno? No, no. uh, Guillermo del Toro has that car. Does he really? No way. Yeah.
1: Can you even drive that car? It was all augmented again. It's like the the windows have been taken right down. It's a very low center of gravity car,
2: and it's it's kind of a Batmobile, right? If I it is correctly. kind of. It's so yeah.
1: fucking cool looking, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's 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 basically if the devil was a car, it's that car, and um, there was a really tense death scene in it where uh, there's a girl on the phone and she's she's based basically being harassed by the car earlier on and she feels like there's something ominous about that car and and who who was driving it and what have you and you hear the car coming up the road and it's got this very um, noticeable and memorable sort of honk that it makes and the car basically and I could never work this out of my head because I was like is the fucking house situated in the middle of a road how did the car drive (laughs) at top speed right through the entire house and flatten her and go out the other side, and um, but it's it's one of those cult horror movies from the seventies. But it's such a cool looking car, and it's such a it's such a it's worth mention, I think.
2: Hello, Wade. It's me, baby. No, I'm home. Uh, Chaz went over to his place. He said he'd be back in a few minutes. Uh, Wade, uh, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. Listen to me. Listen to me. As I was coming up to the house, that crazy wind came up. Uh, it almost blew me off my feet. I Wait uh, I I think I hear the engine of that damn car. Wait, it uh, sounds so
0: weird. Wait, I'm scared. No, I promise you I won't go out. Tell me what to do,
2: baby. I I uh, uh.
0: I can continue my my theme of cars as an extension of character right and yeah so far i've mentioned things like the batmobile and bonds but i also really love cars that are an extension of of the negative side of characters and uh like films the cars that have appeared in comedies and Titanic. one car that is <laughs> one car that is for me iconic and one that is i have a fondness for because it looks so awful and ugly Is the car in National Lampoon's vacation? This summer, when you think vacation, think National Lampoon's vacation. See the real America. Hey,
1: underpants. Hey, yellow. (laughs)
0: It's friendly. I'm
1: okay. I'm okay. Don't you want to look at the Grand Canyon?
2: It's educational. Great. And most of all, it's fun. Ah, I was gonna. That's on my list. Yeah. Is this? Oh which, my God. Which
0: film though? Which one of them? The first, first one. The, the first one. Yeah. The, the Ford Country Squire. It's so. Ugly. It's this lime green. I think he calls it Pete Green with the when he wood goes packing with wood paneling. And it has these front headlights. There's like instead of like one set of headlights, it's got like double headlights. So it's got like it's it's a strange face. But the scene I love uh that features that car is the is when they're they're Chevy Chase and his family are on the road, they're deep in it, and he's seen a girl you know I've seen this beautiful attractive girl and uh, she's driving a Ferrari and he pulls up all the family are asleep she pulls up the Ferrari pulls up besides uh, Pete Green Ford and the contrast of these two cars you just know he's so out of his depth it just is a perfect externalization of of Clark Griswold's character—he's just awkward and gangly and awful—and yet he has this, this almost, his delusional sense of, "Hey, maybe I'm going to get this girl." he's flirting with this girl in the Ferrari, and it just ends up terribly. I love that character because it's so awkward and ugly, and it's so Griswold. It really is.
1: What happened? What happened to your hair? You're sweating. Are you blushing?
2: Don't be silly. Are you all right, Clark? Hell yes, I'm fine. I'm having a ball. Yeah, I love that scene because usually when we're talking car movies, they're either larger than life, uh, getaway drivers, or very cool characters. Or but this is like the most recognizable scene. Like all families, even here in Belgium, even though everyone's had that road trip where no one wants to be in the car together, especially not for hours on end. And that's one of the few yeah. movies that really captures that feeling of like, oh god, the road trip with my family. It's and they're really, it's really well done. Uh, yeah do that
1: great stunt scene with that car in Christmas vacation where he tries to overtake uh, a truck and he oh, yeah. has to quickly oh, swerve, yeah, 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 yeah. and he oh, goes God. underneath yeah. Yeah. the log truck. And they're all just sitting there like going, Oh my God. And uh, <laughs> you know, they did that for real. <laughs> Chevy chase actually trained for weeks to be able to pull that off Get
2: around this egg timer.
1: Truck, do you honestly think I don't know that? Come on, you guys, don't fight. Well, for Christ's sake, I didn't do this on purpose. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And forgive my husband, he knows not what he does. Amen. Oh my god,
2: oh my god, oh my god. (laughs) To to follow Will, like a, a character that's basically. Him and the car—you can't think of them separately. A movie I really, really like and was also a bit of an inspiration is uh, *Repo Man*. Uh, Alex, Alex Cox's oh. *Repo Man*.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've not seen that in years. Put it on a plate, son. You'll enjoy it more. Couldn't enjoy it anymore, mom. Mm mm This is swell. What's this? <laughs> <laughs> Charming friends you got there Otto?
2: Thanks. I made it myself. And also and it's something I try to do in in Hazard as well is like because the car is is um well it's if it's in a city, you really because there's for there's a lot of windows in a car, you, you get a feel of the city as well taxi driver does that obviously yeah. like it's it's not just it's not just about the car it's about the environment around it and that's something i really wanted to do with my movie like it's not just a one location thriller it's about the buildings outside the roads outside the people outside and i think repo man is is a beautiful example of that of like you get a, a feel of it's la right i think is it la it's I, some, I think so yeah, yeah.
1: junkyard version. you reminding me though with repo man of whenever they try to do futuristic movies, the, the, the thing that they mm-hmm. always kind of fall down on is what cars look like in the future. Sure, Demolition Man and, as I said, Minority Report and things like that. Uh, They're
2: always Tisla type things or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: No windows, well, car, no no headlights. Cars
2: are the one thing where if you're, if you're whatever era you're, you're, you're in, like if you look on the street, you, you go 50 years back, basically. There's cars from, it's not just from one era when you, that's often a mistake they make. Like all the cars look the same, while that's not true in real life either. You, you get a variety of different models uh, from different eras when you're out on the street. I'm
0: going to go, I need to get a couple of the obvious ones off the list, right? Really, really obvious ones. Herbie. I love Herbie. Me too. I love Herbie. <laughs> That love bug That beetle is just I watched those videotapes When I was a kid I remember renting those out From the video library And he Herbie had a real personality Was a real character And I don't know It just I still have a soft spot for Herbie And I want to see another Herbie film That's all I'm saying I want Disney Disney You've got this whole streaming platform Give me a Herbie movie again Please Mm -hmm. But Aside from that I've got to talk about The Ecto-1 Something strange
1: in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? That's iconic. Ecto one is classic. It
0: was originally a horse. It was originally designed as a horse or an ambulance, right? And what I love about when we first see the Ecto 1 after it's been done up, it's almost like the introduction of a whole new member of the team. When you're introduced by tease, like you know, the the way the the, the way it's kind of the, the and the, the the way it's shot and the way it's introduced when in kind of little individual close-ups but also it's siren it has a very iconic siren and it's cool it looks it's got that that white with that red fin trimming it looks not futuristic it looks like it's something from the 60s but all this gadgetry and wires and antennas sticking out of it um it just matches the the humor and oddness of that film, but the insurance is awful. I'm sure it would be. I'm sure it would be. So I'm bringing that one up. I do love the Ecto one.
2: Do you ever see um, Smokey and the Bandit? Those movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like what happens to the. There's a, a sheriff chasing them. I, I just watched it. I have no affinities with these movies. I watched them in preparation for my movie. Right. And and that other guy's car, the guy chasing him. It's just, it gets wrecked by the end. It's just a wreck by the end. I thought that was really funny. Like, he has, I don't know what he has, but the fact that it gets completely wrecked in chasing Burt Reynolds, basically. I, I quite like that as well. Daddy, the top came off. No shit.
1: I've got one fee. The Blues Brothers. When they've got that big megaphone on the roof of the car. Yeah. That's iconic looking.
0: Absolutely.
1: And it has one of the massive, greatest car pileups in history.
0: The day I get out of prison, my own brother picks me up in a police car.
1: That's one thing that I do twinge about when I watch some films is when a beautiful car gets destroyed. It's like, oh, why'd you do that? I know it's probably fiberglass and it's a uh, reproduction and what have you, but it's like, ah, oh, that was such a beautiful car. Why did you have to t- smash it up like that?
2: Well, Jonas, did you feel any guilt when you were smashing up your car? No, I was mainly worried, like, we're not supposed to smash it this hard yet. What, what we about the movie do? when you smashed up the <laughs> movie car? <laughs> right, right, right. yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I do remember as a child that something that would take me out of movies like, oh no, they, they broke that very expensive car, <laughs> like it's something I, yeah. I used to worry about, yeah, not so much anymore, but um, yeah
0: I've got a scene which involves smashing up of a beautiful car and it's, a, and it's a, an iconic car, and it's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off
2: They bought it How- Oh yeah
0: the Ferrari Cameron's dad's Ferrari that they take for they take out in their day off adventure and when they come back they are, I love the scene where they're where they're trying to reverse the mileage on the clock and so he, you know Ferris has got it jacked up and he's like you know trying trying to put it in a reverse and they realize oh shit the clock doesn't go backwards it doesn't work that way and Cameron just loses it I can't stand him and I just got car. Who do you love? Who do you love? You
1: love a car.
0: And I, you know, this is the embodiment of his father. And what I love about that Ferrari is that it's the manifestation of, of his dad, which we never actually physically meet throughout the film. But this... This garage where these these cars are kept in pristine condition. You know, he loves these cars, you know, more than he loves Cameron, which is something maybe Cameron actually says in the scene. Then Cameron just fucking kicks the bumper and that car goes in reverse out that back window. My father will come home, he'll see what I did. I can't hide this. He'll come home, he'll see what I did, he'll have to deal with me. I don't care, I really don't. I'm
2: just tired of being afraid. Hell with him. I can't wait to see the look on the bastard's face.
0: I remember watching it the first time. I remember like putting my hands in my mouth going, oh no, he's dead. He's actually dead. He's actually going to be killed. We talk about being killed, but he is actually going to die. Um and yeah, I love that scene involving. I just think that's a great scene involving a beautiful character.
2: It's also great because just like people getting shot in movies, you get numb to it. Like there's loads of movies with cars crashing, hundreds of like Fast and the Furious movies. But in that mm. movie, it's one car crashing, and and it takes your breath away because you know what it means to that character. So it it really makes you feel the heft and in in, in how much, yeah, just the budget of the car. You feel yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not just the car, but the house is fucked as well. I know, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I asked some of our Patreons on Discord what their picks were and um, Don on Patreon said, if you do a best car scene podcast and don't mention the Fast and Furious, I'm done.
2: That's the deal. Take it or
1: leave it. So we've mentioned it there. <laughs> <laughs> James Dorothy said uh, the scene in Hereditary, it's um, a headbanger of a scene. Ronin.
2: Yes. Yeah. I, I rewatched that for, for that's I, forget, I I wasn't impressed at the time, but I I think you saw it before oh, I had my driver's license. Okay. Uh, and, and yeah. uh, it's probably the, the most realistic car scene ever filmed. Like they, yeah. they the way every everything's behaving, the city's behaving, the cars are behaving. That's a great one. Yeah.
0: For Rona in Audi essays, I think or A's or something that they have in it, and it's just oh god. When you watch it you go, they don't actually make films like that anymore. They don't make films and that was a pedestrian kind of like action movies just came out in the middle of the year and it was just like ah, oh, here's an action movie but my god those cars that that those did you casings. see
1: six underground yes mm. they uh, make them like that nowadays
2: i love the opening five minutes or ten minutes of that movie because they really hit i people. think it's like 20 minutes yeah and then it it as soon as it's not a chase anymore, it didn't interest me anymore. But I did like that opening because it was so brutal and vulgar. Yeah, I feel like that's where they put all their money.
1: Um, Jamie Hannigan said the three colors blew the opening to that. Oh, the
0: crash. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. There's one for you. Crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a massive fan of crash myself. Which one? I, oh shit. <laughs> there's two crashes. You're rice. You're
1: rice. I always oh am. Oh my Will.
0: god. Oh god, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the other one.
1: Ones I haven't mentioned, but I think are spectacular. Children of men, the scene that uh takes place in the car where Julianne Moore gets um assassinated. Jesus, it's all gone! Come on. Uh, Grease, when they're doing the musical scene with a building, Grease Lightning. But well, this car could be systematic, hydromatic, ultramatic. <laughs> Why
0: well, could be Grease Lightning? Grease
1: Lightning. Um, Halloween, when Annie is. Uh, looking for the keys. She gets back into the car and it's uh, all fogged up because somebody's in there already. Oh, this is something else that I made a note of and I think I should mention. James Cameron said, when you want to deliver exposition, deliver it in a car chase. Yes.
2: I, I took that from that. Yeah, yeah,
1: Absolutely, yeah. But I went for one where the car is an extension of the characters. It's also the setting for the majority of the movie. Um, And without a car being present, the film wouldn't have an ending. And it's a really impactful and um, affecting ending. And it's Ridley Scott's Thelma and Louise. Oh, yeah. And it's when Thelma and Louise have been cornered at the Grand Canyon There's no more road ahead of them and the convoy have catched up to them and Harvey Cattell is trying to broker peace. He wants to try and save these women who have been wronged and have been unfairly pursued into a no-win situation and uh, they decide, let's just keep going.
2: Okay, then, listen. Let's not get caught. What are you talking about? Let's keep going. What do you mean? Go! You sure? Yeah.
1: In an unjust world, they decide to go out on their own terms and the hands in the score kicks in. It goes to slow motion with Javi Cattell trying to save them and our two heroines, clasp hands, and just gun it and go over the cliffside of the Grand Canyon and it freeze frames on a beautiful car. It's a great ending it's a great car scene and I thought that would be my pick
0: damn damn good pick Kevin Lehan
2: Jonas do you have any honourable mentions uh, I'll do two short honourable mentions if that's okay yeah uh, Final Destination 2 is the one that starts with the truck it's losing great. the tree ah! the son of a bitch. <laughs> yes and that's where now it's so iconic that everyone who's ever on a road behind a truck with those things on it thinks of that movie. So I think that's you can, a, yeah,
0: you can. not It's anxiety. You just you just can visualize those bloody logs coming loose and uh, mayhem ensuing. Great pick.
2: That's great. Then uh, a movie that's like both the maker and the star have uh, fallen. Or there's there's been some rumors about them uh, in in the in the in the last few years. I really enjoyed uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99 when it came out. Oh, I didn't uh, watch it. I oh, yeah. have seen that either. But it has very early in the movie, one of the, I think, a, a dialogless scene. Basically, uh, the character of Vince Vaughn, he's like a skinhead, and he finds out his um, girlfriend has cheated on him while he was in jail. And instead of, of, he's clearly very angry, but instead of taking it out on her, he steps outside and he basically beats the shit out of his own car. and it's such it's <laughs> wow. such a fighter beautiful scene and it's like this this, yeah a portrait of masculinity which I thought was very interesting and then by the time he's done he just goes inside and they continue you know their relationship or they try to figure it out but I thought that was a very well observed scene that I've always remembered it's very cool uh, and he, he really tears that thing apart so that's a great scene as well that I really like um, but my favorite like I said is um, from the movie Fletch Ah, oh, for god don' don'.
1: What is this man saying? What is this man doing?
2: What in the hell's the matter with you?
1: What is this man's name?
2: My name is Igor Stravinsky. Hi there, I'm a Harry S. Truman. I'm uh, Don Corleone.
1: They call him Fletch. Fletch! Fletch! Fletch Fletch. Is this your pick?
2: Yeah. Okay. Wow, yeah. it's from Fletch?
1: I've never seen Fletch.
2: Oh, it's. I think it's wonderful. It's worth watching. Yeah, I've yeah. seen... I've seen I found that movie at a time where I had the time and, uh, and, and the brain capacity to watch movies over and over and over again. So I watched that more than any other, uh, definitely Chevy Chase movie. But basically, he's like this, this low-life private detective slash journalist who goes undercover and then he's on the run for many people. And I think he has to run at a certain point and he gets in a car of a kid that's supposed to get a driving's lesson, basically.
1: Afternoon.
0: Smog patrol. Had your emissions checked? No, sir. Fluorocarbons? Ozone? No, sir.
1: Well,
2: let's check it out. What do you say? Hey, uh... smells pretty good. And he pretends to be that kid's driver. But they they go on, like, a high-speed chase over, like, very uh, busy roads, basically. And Chevy Chase seems to be improvising his way to, like, a highly technically dangerous car scene. And that was a great inspiration for me. Like, you, you don't have to get stuck to the technical side of things. It, it can be funny as well as, like, very exciting. So, when the cops start chasing him, there's, like, bikes, motorized cops coming, driving next to the car. And he's just riffing and saying, Oh, these are Bob and Terry, and they're part of the chase, and this is all part of, the, of your driving lesson, basically. I always use a little chewing gum in these rides, and it filters out the pollutants. Mm-hmm. You got some good grill work there. Keep out the ozone. I gotta get this thing up to ninety-five. Uh, check out the fluorocarbon output. And it's <laughs> such a wonderful, crazy scene. That's also technically very impressive, but it feels super spontaneous. So, as as car scenes go, that's that's my favorite. Right, you steal the car.
0: Oh Jonas, you've made me want to go back and watch Fletch. I haven't seen it in so so long. I want to see it now. Yeah, it's a it's a good film. It really is. It's well worth watching. I have two honorable mentions before I actually give my pick. And honestly, I was flip-flopping between all three of these throughout
1: the show. So um, <gasps> um Can I mention an honourable pick just as as you've all on. got one? Yeah. In um Hot Shots Part 2, when they're riffing on the Kevin Costner movie with Sean Young. No Way Out. They're riffing on that. And you have Charlie Sheen and the Sharon Stone basic instinct female lead is in the backseat of the limo. And the limo driver is spying on them, getting it on in the backseat. He's like getting popcorn and he's, he's getting out of the car and he's cycling up beside them when he's got like those, um, slot machine, uh, What would you call them? Viewfinder things to sort of spy them. And uh, (laughs) he's recording with a camcorder in the front. This is very, very fun. Just came to me there when you were (laughs) saying.
0: Brilliant. So I'm following my theme of cars as an extension of protagonist or extension of character. One of my honorable mentions is the Ford Mustang uh, Fastback GT from Bullet. It is a cracking chase scene across San Francisco It's the Steve McQueen film and this gorgeous muscle car piloted by Steve McQueen through the streets of San Francisco. It's a, an, an incredible chase, but it's a beautiful car. It's like McQueen himself. It's American, it's muscular, it's, it's compact, it's determined. First of all, yeah, so it's compact, it's determined, it's, it's ferocious and uh, it's a bullet. It's a fucking bullet of a car. It really is. I love that scene. My other honourable mention, and this is very close second place, is from Mad Max Fury Road. I take and it's the Giga Horse in Morton Joe's car, which is a fucking beast. is two Cadillacs soldered to each other. And in a world where resources are few and Cadillacs are fewer, Immortan Joe is the guy who would have two soldered together. And it's it's an extension of the flair of a Immortan Joe himself, who has this this, um, this grotesque mask and this mane of hair. And, and it's just a terrifying figure, but it's also... It's got flair, and it's got style, and it's ferocious, and when it roars towards you, it's terrifying. I think that's an incredible vehicle, an incredible piece of design. But I'm a child of the 80s. I'm a cliche.
1: Jonas, what do you think it is? Well, we can all hum the theme song,
2: can't we? That's the yeah, one of course is. we can and, <laughs> da, 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 da. I knew he was going to do this <laughs> It's
0: got to be the DeLorean from Back to the Future When I was talking about cars being an extension of character I think the DeLorean is an extension of both Marty McFly and Doc Brown An Irish car Is it? Yeah, the DeLorean was made in Belfast Oh, oh wow uh, Mr. DeLorean was in court on cocaine trafficking charges and stuff like that the business has gone gone to shit but it's a cool looking car it was it that kind of stainless steel effect and that the DeLorean model itself kind of for me is is the Marty McFly but then all the gadgets that are thrown on top of it that's the doc brown and the scene i love is when marty sees the delorean for the first time and doc is introducing him to the car you know and, and he's remote controlling it with um, einstein and the Seas. And you know it, it's just it's just one of the most exciting car scenes for me where this car is a time machine and when it hits 88 miles an hour, you're back to 1955 or, or into 2015. When
1: this baby hits 88 miles per hour,
2: you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs>
0: and i love that scene it's my favorite car
2: scene i'll have to check it out and to think it was a it was a it was a fr- fridge in the original script i know yeah. it's mental <laughs> absolutely mental and one just came to me from uh sorry to cheat uh in the Mount of madness has a wonderful uh road trip scene as well but they oh, basically but, right. yeah. yeah that's a
1: little uh, um is it John Carpenter on a bicycle? It's like <laughs> Yeah, it's not him, but it looks like him.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it kind of goes from, from reality to surreality. In and in, in the car, uh, I think uh, Sam Neill looks out the window while his companion is sleeping, and he basically sees that they're above the clouds. <laughs> the wheels are spinning above the clouds. It's an amazing image that I just came to me.
1: The first time I got the shit scared out of me Was in a car scene In a movie And it was the oh, opening to Twilight Zone The movie
0: Oh yeah Yeah, yeah great when Oh
1: yeah Describe that one Kevin Go on It's Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks Yeah And Dan Aykroyd wants to tell him Something scary Do you want to see something scary He says to him And he says you're going to have to great. pull over I loved it Hey
2: you, you want to see something really
1: scary You bet Really Yeah Okay, this is
0: this is really really scary now. I trust you. Okay, pull the car over. Pull the car over. Ooh. You want to see it? Well, show me while I'm driving. No, I can't. I can't tell you about it. It's only take a couple of seconds. All right, two seconds. Okay. Okay. What is it? Just pull it over. Okay. I'll show you. All right.
1: He pulls over and he does something to his face. He turns around and it's uh, one of those great jump scares. I think I might I might have mentioned it on the jump scare episode. Okay scare me. Are you ready? Okay, go ahead. That scared the living piss out of me. I was sat in the top of the stairs, like peeking down at the TV to see what this film was about, and I regretted it after that. Every movie can be improved by a great car scene, I think. Sure. Especially westerns <laughs>
0: <laughs> And medieval epics
1: Yes
2: I mean, Army of Darkness like has, has that So that makes sense <laughs> it does. Army of Darkness <laughs> has a car in a medieval yeah. city
0: That works okay, yeah. Uh, it's Actually, yeah, we should, brought, we should have brought that up
2: Jonas, yes. come
0: here It was brilliant having you on And I have to say I really, 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 really enjoyed your film Thank It you. is stylish and fun and uh, and gripping and thrilling. Is it doing the festival run right now? Is that where is that?
2: Yes. So it, it had it's a slightly unusual situation in that it's out in Belgium. It's been out for a month. Oh. But all other territories are. Um, yeah, we're having discussions about that. And it's it's just started its international uh, festival run with Friedfest. That's the first one we did. Jonas, what
1: are you up to next? Do you have uh, anything on the cards? Well, Kevin, okay, interesting that you should
2: ask because. <laughs> We, uh, uh one, one of the things um, that's up is uh, we together uh, conceived of a, a heavy metal horror comedy a while back. Oh, my God. Hang on a second. It's called Will Must Die. Yes. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Um, yeah, it's a thing we came out. We, we met shortly after I think Grabbers was out and Cup was out, my first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, yeah, we, we met in Brighton, didn't we, Kevin? For the first time. Oh, fuck, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 we
1: were cruising in Brighton and we met. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hope that project happens. Don't want to jinx it. Don't want to say too much. But um, you've seen what Jonas can do now. So I was watching Hazard. And going, oh, please, God, please,
2: please let it happen. It's so much fun. Yeah. And it's it's another genre where there's there's not many of the, that subgenre uh, of heavy metal horror movies, and there's like one decent one, and the rest are like abysmal. So it's not so hard to make a good one. I hope uh, that's kind of even though the new one with um, the Foo Fighters, I, I quite enjoyed Studio Sixty Six 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 is oh, is a very recent another
0: one. Film. I've said I haven't seen it so many times in this episode.
1: It's great. I love it. Uh, so
0: that's
2: yeah,
1: that's one of the things that might happen. Hopefully, and I'm sure you're going to get inundated with offers based on those that see this film i'm sure our listeners haven't gotten around to it yet but earmark this episode come back and listen to this podcast again when you've seen the film because i think you'll get even more out of it but uh yeah i loved hazard so strong recommend for me and that's not just because i'm kissing your ass it's a really fun film i described it as like a cross between run lola run and uncut gems it had the same sort of energy of run lola run Mm -hmm. and the stressful nature of uncut gems Oh, good. and very stylish in both <laughs> it
0: very sl- yeah it was a fun and it's a, it's a quick it's
1: like less than 90 minutes it's not it is. a long it it's is, not yeah. a
0: long yeah, the investment it's great perfect length for a film like that it was great
1: oh you should have made it 88 minutes I know <laughs> <laughs> you nerds <laughs> well cheers Jonas thanks for coming on yeah we Thank really you. appreciate it This great Kevin
0: fun. should we spin the wheel and and oh uh, yeah Fuck, if got
1: you forgot do you know that. that yeah hello if we wrap up the show um, I could, if, if I'd remembered I could have given it to Jonas to spin But uh,
2: yeah. oh it's an actual wheel yeah. an app okay oh okay. okay I thought you were just great actors going to be. that <laughs> no. I'm going to spin it okay. you can't hear
1: it now because the sound effect we put in afterwards so
0: <laughs> it's called movie magic Jonas yes it's yes. movie magic podcast magic
1: okay it's saying best movie within a movie
2: oh yeah. see hello what does that that's, mean that's one of my favorite things ever yeah. what does that mean okay
1: though? best movie within a movie are we talking right. about real movies within movies like uh, when um when uh the thing from another world is on the tv screen in Halloween or are we mm. talking about like day for night the true full film where they're making a movie or like or
2: or just a fictional movie within a movie like, like or, or popcorn Bold yeah finger. yeah Bold or finger. demons demons Oh yeah, yeah. It
0: takes place in Let's just keep rolling. Let's just keep rolling. Right, let's get ready this in to the can. Do... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, folks, uh, we are welcome to the best bits A movie podcast where we, <laughs> and this week we are discussing movies within movies with Jonas. Uh, See, this praise. is why
1: we have in our title or in our blog, um weirdly specific, randomly sure. selected. Cause this is weirdly specific again. Movies within movies. Okay, yeah. I look at next episode. To that. Cheers, Jonas. Cheers.
0: Best Bits Podcast
1: is produced by Will and Kevin. Our audio clips and music heard in this episode is the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. If you enjoyed this episode,
0: please consider becoming a Patreon member where you'll receive bonus shows where we talk about recent releases and what we're up to. And you'll receive access to our Discord chat room where we hang out with our listeners. Search the Best Bits Podcast on Patreon or click on the link in the show notes.
2: And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode plus 100 more are available on their Patreon. Mini bits. Another, Another new episode. episode. To of
1: this Patreon podcast. Exclusive. Exclusive. The best bits podcast.
0: Kevin, how are you? Hi, honey, how are you? Oh, you know, I've got this, I've got my corn sorted out. I went to the chiropodist the other day and uh, she your said... Your corn? My corns. Do you, you ever get corns?
1: No. Did you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't
0: it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that.
1: Do, um, you, do you not wear any shoes like around the house you walk No, barefoot?
0: I, I, I wear, no, it's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women oh. who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound like, you know, before the turn of yeah. this last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great opener for our mini Minibits episode where we get people disgusted.
1: Squally, it's episode 73 of the mini bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, you're Will. This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to... Goad people into joining up every single episode. And then every so often, it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode. And yeah. I'm like, what did we, how did we say it? What did we say on that episode that's different <laughs> to the other 270
0: <laughs> episodes? Maybe it didn't Go. sound as desperate. Maybe we said, don't join, maybe may- reverse psychology. That's how we should do it reverse psychology. Don't join up to our patron. Don't. It's- <laughs> You cancel. don't des- everybody cancel. You don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't we like don't the looking. You. You. We
1: don't we don't need anybody.
0: <laughs> it's just us. It's absolutely just us. Hey, should we tell people we we did I don't know, maybe we shouldn't say it on mic, especially so early. We did an interview with the Irish examiner last Friday. We did. Yeah.
1: And uh How do you think yeah. I
0: how do you think I did?
1: I I think you did all right. Like, you didn't interrupt me once, so I was (laughs) delighted with how I came across. But, you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's going to get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema was saying, that their interview with, did they do the Examiner as well? It was six Uh, months before it posted. And
0: and The Guardian, I'm pretty sure. They were were profiled in The Guardian as well.
1: Yeah, but we don't do any really
0: promotion. Like, we don't do anything. Well this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage which is going to be mad. So um uh listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're you're you're, you're an OG. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains
1: from all his <laughs> Patreon dash. I think I'm more of a silver than a gold, I think. Oh, yeah. My uh, undertones suit more silver. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just want to... die. goes I, with my I, Prince Albert. <laughs> Your hat? <laughs> yeah. I Speaking want of
0: which... Of the, I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and like lens. Yeah. Starlight twinkle. <laughs> Speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, 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 did, what did you want to speak of, which? Start the time. Oh, I forgot, may you may as well. It's just a timer. They, all, all these lucky losers listening in, and and they're wondering what are we going to be talking about. But we have to start talking about them after. Yeah, we we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about. Um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes, I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. That, oh, uh, we're looking Netflix forward to watching that. are. Okay. Okay, I'll save my thoughts and. Right. Um, what else did I see? I made notes but sure it doesn't really matter. I think I saw it. And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what oh, takes your fancy.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So um, I'm Well the Joker your...
1: 2 trailer came out today.
0: I saw it. Yes. I watched that.
1: Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Chicago.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like you see it's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that?
1: I think you're right in saying that.
0: So look like, Hey, listen, uh, I actually, what it, what it did remind me of <laughs> was that I want to watch, re-watch The Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go somewhere.
1: back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show, the Joker episodes.
0: Oh yeah, that's going to be...
1: Just to fill get me to in just- like on the lore.
0: You know, get up <laughs> to speed. Get you right up to speed. <laughs> and you'll be there going,
1: where... Where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? Where, where are they going to show up? And like, you know- It's of a weird time though where we have the Penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out which is a totally different canon version of the Penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker which is in its own universe entirely.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: and then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this but it's just I don't know. I'm kind There's of so many IP but like it's this, just everywhere, what well what's
0: happened is the world, the comic book world has very much entered the the film world. Is where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors, and there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh oh, it's this just is the insane. thing, Kevin. <laughs> so I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod, on a podcast.
1: Wait, was it on one of those? Uh,
0: it was the show last. Main show?
1: It was the last mini bits. Uh, I you, think. S-
0: you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. I- and have you started noticing it though? Only only, only with people trying to rise you. That's the only type, only where place where I've noticed people. No, people are trying to every, raise oh you. Oh my
1: God. Oh my God. I could start posting now, like, um, tweets, comments, TikToks, uh, oh. articles, anything. Insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. Okay. I was like, oh, it's a mentally ill lineup. Okay, <laughs> it's just it's it's everywhere. And the other, th- do you know the other thing that's also bothering me lately? Wow. wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly whatever. They would just they're morons. But no, <laughs> I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word, a l o t, a lot. Mm. Where has where have they? gotten into their heads that a lot is one word it's the same way that people will write every time as one word what's the one that you've you've pulled me
0: up on a few times and i can't get it right compliment compliment i can't <laughs> but i can't get it right it's
1: like the i because i told you the other day
0: yeah and i went searching for it and i couldn't find this because i had
1: to actually had to an, use it if there's an i in compliment it's yeah. i'm paying you Ah, a compliment
0: that's a good way to remember it okay good and then compliment I, I wrote that too, yeah. but you did and I went to try and find it because I was—I would found myself writing the word compliment and I went shit Kevin but, I, but you, you gave me a thumbs up which meant in my world that yeah I read that thanks but I did right I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment I went okay what did Kevin say again about compliment there's an I and the E what did he say so I went searching for it and I found it I think and I went ah oh, the eye is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you it's a compliment it's
1: insane how little you can retain information it's insane
0: <laughs> <sighs> come here let's start talking about what we watched come on did you start the timer yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking
1: down. The world's going oh, to explode. You know, I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh, up all my sound effects. When you said start I the, have the timer, like, I have a
0: whole fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Look. <laughs> okay. Like, Jesus Christ, where's my fucking? What? Where's my ding dang ding? Think, ding here we go. The, the timer has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right.